0: Thinking about some like banter we can do, it's just pathetic. Our audience, they buy this each time. They think we're having these real conversations. Yeah. And it's like, it's totally it's so I can't believe they don't see through it. It's just I don't you know, you'd think at this point they would realize that all this banter is completely scripted and not based in like real real conversations we're having, but they just don't get it. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. No,
1: no. Uh I think our, our banter is just too complex and too authentic.
0: They can't yeah. pick up on it. They can't pick up on this very subtle Oh, what was this is this thing on? Is this recording? Oh my.
1: Oh, did oh, my I just goodness. click the record button?
0: Oh my goodness. I didn't Whoops. didn't realize. Oh my gosh. How how embarrassing. Oh,
1: yeah, it's so embarrassing you caught us <laughs> being funny.
0: Um, hello everyone. It's the Insurgents episode <laughs> 92. Uh really? Rob and Jordan here. Yeah, 92. Getting them into the triple digits. Wow. Yeah. We're entering year 3 I know. Isn't that nuts? It is nuts i was it's thinking hard the other
1: day like how different it, things were when we started and what our kind of goals for this yeah. was or were and then i just thought completely we'd be changed.
0: we'd be finishing up on the year one of the bernie sanders administration yeah. <laughs> right now
1: a year in review oh uh, we were so naive <laughs> yeah i know i don't know what i was
0: thinking i thought something good might happen in america never again never again nope. am i going to allow myself to think that something positive <laughs> could happen in the united states of America? Unbelievable. Um, Yeah, you got Robin Jordan here, everybody. Uh, In a few minutes, we got Marcus from Left Flank Vets coming on the program to talk to us. We had a pretty long conversation with Marcus about, uh, you know, the the Biden administration, what it's been like over the last year, Um, the sort of girl boss fandom that's emerged around the Gen Saki and her like very flippant comments about, you know, voters that have the temerity to like ask them to do their basic jobs. Whole bunch of stuff. Really good conversation with Marcus. I think you're going to enjoy that. Did you have anything else? I've been streaming all day and podcasting, and I, my brain just feels like sandpaper now. Do you have anything? Is there anything else we need <laughs> to talk about beyond? We talked about football. Even we got the we got that banter out right of the way the as well. Football chat in, which yeah, people definitely ball. tune in for. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. No, like I told you, I was building furniture all day, <laughs> and just yeah, I I am I'm fried. I have no energy to try to do a bit or to make fake small talk. I did think our conversation with Marcus was good, um, so we could just jump straight into that.
0: Yeah. Before we do that, and I think you're right, I think we should do that. Before we do that, I want to remind everyone that you can, indeed, subscribe to this podcast. Um, Our last episode, episode 91, was with Derek Davison. Really, really good conversation for subscribers only. Um, Derek Davison, of course, of Foreign Exchanges, also our partner on Discontents. We had a really good conversation about foreign policy and all of these geopolitical flashpoints going on if you want to hear every single episode of this program that's how you do it uh, is by subscribing you can do so on Substack theinsurgence.substack.com it's $5 a month to get all the episodes like we said we're, we're heading into year three um, it would, it, we would like I think to try and see if we can b- boost those numbers up at ever so slightly they are kind of rookie numbers we got to boost those up <laughs> as the saying goes Mm-hmm. Uh, so subscribe to the podcast folks
1: that's yeah. all yeah i think it's a it's a good deal um and yeah. with that i mean the more we can uh have in a subscriber base the more uh, or the easier it is to uh return to a twice a week recording schedule with every other episode being premium so it brings more value to the uh subscribers as well this year i think we're going to have a really great uh like lineup. So to speak, I think I think I've, I've we've been, you know, talking to folks in the progressive world about really covering some of these primary challenges and the intra-party jockeying uh, for the future of the Democratic Party um, and having those conversations front and center on this show in a way like very few others can. So I'm I'm, I'm really excited about this year.
0: Me, too. Me, too. Season three. Here, let's go. Season three. That's right. Let's go. We
1: got renewed, folks.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's it, folks. Subscribe to the podcast. Let's talk to Marcus from Left Plank Vets. He is going to be joining the program right after this. So, I don't know if either of you guys are like football. Fans. I'm not really I like I, I usually watch like one or two football games a year last night I only really experienced these like football games through tweets and just looking at what people's reactions were but it's really it speaks to the level of Sports pain that Bill's fans were feeling this morning that I even even without even really being emotionally invested without even watching the game I still felt the secondary sports pain from Bill's fans for like the, the, the excruciating loss that they had to deal with it, it felt I felt really bad for everyone, even though I was not even remotely emotionally invested in it. it seemed really bad stuff.
2: Yeah, which I feel like. Um, I mean, that, there's a few teams that that's that's their narrative. The Buffalo Bills is one of those teams. I grew yep. up in Ohio. Um, the Cleveland Browns. Um, mm. If you're from Cleveland, you know, uh, aka the cardiac kids. Um, I've <laughs> I've seen grown adults like be in tears. In the off-season, discussing Browns history. (laughs) Jordan knows about this too, I think, too. Yeah, yeah. That's my my team. I mean, like,
1: my dad, when the Browns left, I mean, obviously, and he was, like, alive during the 80s for, like, you know, the drive, the fumble, Red Raid 88, like, the cardiac kids era. And... Uh, he went to the final home game before they moved to Baltimore. and the way he described it for years after was like he lost a like a loved one, like an immediate family member. He's like, "Oh, it's just so sad. And people were like taking bleachers out of the yeah uh, they, out of the stadium. They to, tore a like, to take the stadium home with them, right Yeah, yeah. and just like it sucked. I mean, I was a kid, so I didn't like fully have the history, and it does suck that like not only that they left, but they left. and then a couple of years later, Baltimore won the Super Bowl. Um, but, like, yeah, the level of, like, devotion to these teams, it really can't be overstated. And, yeah, the Bills had had – like, I mean, they lost four straight Super Bowls, and they have yeah. gotten close so many times, but just can never get there. And last night in that game, you thought they were going to win. I mean, they Josh Allen played out of his fucking mind for a second. Like, one of the greatest postseason performances across the board – In NFL history, because his game against the Patriots was phenomenal, and last night he played stellar. He scored a touchdown with 16 seconds to go, and in your mind, I'm sure for so many Bills fans, like we got this.
0: Yeah, yep, yeah. I saw that like win percentage thing. That's just like it's like they're they've they haven't lost at that point. You score a touchdown at the end of a big playoff game like that. Ninety nine point nine 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 percent. That's you're going you're going going away with a W. Well,
1: part of it was also. How awful the NFL's overtime rules are! Yeah, so I mean, this was like in the in the last like two minutes and uh, some odd seconds. You know, there were multiple possessions resulting in scores. Like, I think th- at least three touchdowns uh, in just like the last two minutes. Like, like Kansas City scored uh, with or, or Buffalo scored, and then Kansas City scored, and then Josh Allen got the ball back with a minute to go, and within. 40 some seconds drives down the field and scores a touchdown and then buffalo gets or or, sorry kansas city gets down there in 16 seconds to kick a field goal to tie and then you go into overtime you're thinking like oh my god this is just like electric and the way the nfl's overtime rules are which have improved over the past couple years but still just suck it's sudden death if you score a touchdown so kansas city wins the toss gets the ball and that streak continues kansas city scores josh allen doesn't even get to take the field (laughs) <laughs> yeah. it just it's 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 a travesty that someone who literally had one of the best postseason performances of all time doesn't even get to touch the ball in overtime i just it has to be changed
0: yeah
2: well the parliamentarian said no and yeah um, <laughs> there we go <laughs> that's the transition to politics that's
0: the real The <laughs> very nice look at that. another professional broadcaster <laughs> that's right I as try. we know the most powerful person in the u.s government the most powerful person in the in the nfl as well who we all knew about prior to the last couple of months we're here with Marcus. We're with Marcus from Left Flank Vets, the very popular Twitch stream, Left Flank Vets. Long time coming, Marcus. We're happy to have you on the show. Thanks for thanks for joining us.
2: You don't have to openly uh, make fun of me, Rob, <laughs> and say that we're very popular like that. You don't have to be he's, you know, he's
0: somewhat popular. Thank to you. Twitch, Twitch. Thank
2: you,
1: Twitch acts. stream that'll never match Rob's numbers. The yeah. slightly less subversive Twitch stream. <laughs> exactly. kind of uh,
2: like at. there, there are times, there are seconds when we get rated by by actual popular people, and for those few seconds that were above those Rob, brief, fleeting moments. yeah. That's when I take the screen grabs uh, from my computer. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> uh, Marcus, we ask. Everyone who comes on the show, the same qu- question to get the conversation started, just so we know who we're dealing with and whether or not the, co- the conversation should continue. So we've asked everyone, and now it's your turn. Marcus, are you a gamer? I, I am now, thanks to you, Jordan. <laughs> You've seen the light. I'm, I'm happy
2: that my, yeah. uh, my missionary is There's nothing that worked. makes
0: Jordan happier than when he gets yeah. these kind of answers.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, you invited me to a fundraiser. Um, it could have been months, years, or decades ago. Time is a flat circle. Um, but either way, been uh, getting Ws, getting those victory royales in Fortnite, and so talking. About. You know, I appreciate you leading me into the gamer path.
1: Yeah, I feel like it's like a dealer leaving a little bit of heroin at someone's apartment, yeah, a little sample. Uh, just, yeah, <laughs> she's like, hey, you know where to find this. It's like what I'm <laughs> doing with uh, <laughs> I'm doing with Fortnite. I'm just like, hey, you should just come play. On it's a charity thing, you know, just just. Download the game. It's a great. taste. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's fun. you don't have to play it again. Ha, 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 ha. Wink, wink. <laughs> and know, knowing it's just like, it is It is just like, it's crack for uh, for gamers. It's, it's so, it's all consuming. The game is just fun, but it's like, it's definitely addictive.
2: Well, thanks.
0: Yeah. I don't even have anything new to, like, I haven't been playing anything else either. Like, I feel like there's other games, like, that I could be getting into. I've got a whole Steam library of games that I've just never played. And then it's like any time I think about playing something else, it's like, mm, or I could grind that, that battle pass. Got to get that mm-hmm. Spider-Man skin.
2: I did the... What was, I, Wait, the... you don't have the Spider-Man skin yet?
0: No, well, I'm, a, I'm a filthy casual still. So.
2: <laughs> oh, yikes. I'm not Wait, quick, oh, um, I feel like the last game that I played was Tonight We Riot, which was, you know, like the... It's like you're like the proletariat and you rise up against the corporations. Um, mm-hmm. It's like the side-scroller game. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I mean, like I played that for a few days, um, but that was before I guess Jordan had got me hooked on the drug that is the games, you know. So here I well, am. Yeah, I played that a little bit. The uh, tonight we ride, I like it. Yeah, it was fun. It was a little good time, you know. It's cute.
1: Other than, yeah, I I um I started a a new playthrough of the forest doing that on Gamebusters on TYT uh here and there so that, like I'm excited to jump back into that but it's mostly been Fortnite and then a little bit of uh Death Stranding have either of you guys played that
0: I'm intrigued by it I mean I love I love Kojima I'm a big Metal Gear fan I never like Death Stranding seems very interesting at the same time I'm not sure that it's like when I've been on a game I feel like I have so little time to game I want to get in like some little battle royale action I don't really have the time to devote to this like walking across the ruined countryside carrying a big stack of like crates Mm -hmm. it seems kind of enjoyable but i just don't know if i if i need that in my life right
1: there's definitely more to it i kind of thought it was like ups sim as well uh but i'm like pretty early in and there was like way more to it than i knew and i it's weird it's weird in a good way i I like it's very different
0: maybe i'll play it eventually Uh, i got
1: it for cheap epic had a epic had a sale and I ended up getting for like for like ten bucks. So next time they have like a coupon, I'm just try to grab it there.
0: Yeah, all right. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Or I will just continue playing this like battle royale game with for literal children. Maybe I'll just keep doing that. Who knows? Yeah, maybe
1: yeah. one day you'll get the Spider Man skin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> something I already I already got despite being gone for a month. Just saying. Uh, yeah, I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah. Like, there's just you know right. maybe something to be said about like skill level or something yeah. Like
0: that the level of commitment that certain people have to <laughs> yeah, building. To, yeah. Exactly. yeah to build, definitely building. Listen, Marcus, here's one of the reasons I think I've been wanting to have you on the show for a while. Uh, you know, I like, I've been, I, we've hooked up a few times in the sort of streaming world. Had you on the stream a few times. I think I've appeared on, on uh, left flank vets a couple of times. Happy to have you on the podcast. One of the reasons is, like, you know, there's a lot of stuff we can talk about today. One of the reasons is I, I really do admire your devotion to just like absolutely punishing yourself and destroying yeah. your own brain, yeah, by really closely following the sort of day in day out stuff about the, like the Biden administration and the Gen Psaki press conferences and stuff. I don't yeah. know how you do it quite because like I I cannot I physically can't handle it.
2: Yeah, it's um it's 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 bad, you know. And you know I'll, I'll steal a line um from one of my favorite musicians, Zach Fox, Uh, shout out mental illness. Um. I, I've actually been doing this before Biden was president. I, um, wasn't always a epic streamer, um, that was mildly popular. Uh, I used to be a staffer for a member of Congress. And so for definitely the issues that I, you know, had to work, uh, you know, specifically under and, uh, and then, you know, eventually everything, you know, like the Trump era was, you know, wild times. Um, and I guess I didn't, what I definitely didn't want to do was, you know, a, very much different politically from, you know, when Obama was coming around and the Bernie versus Hillary, then Trump comes in, you know, a whole lot of political awareness. And I, I definitely didn't want to allow what happened under the Obama administration where people just weren't paying attention. And so I want to, yeah, as much as I can pay attention and, and just kind of you know like do my part but there's like you know a myriad of other another other uh media outlets now that are able to watch other aspects that i don't need to see or yeah. can't see um but so this what you're was... saying
0: is like a sheepdog for the dnc democratic party you're kind of encouraging people to vote blue no matter who that kind of thing <laughs> <laughs> <It's your>
2: main... <laughs> yeah yeah you know because it's like the lesser of two evils uh yeah, yeah. it's always Worse, man, you know bad. it's never Listen. it's never f- failed us yeah. um exactly but uh yeah no I guess and also too it's like I mean like uh, you guys can understand it's like sometimes the community drives what you do and you know there's a lot that goes on in government you know like when you are just like there's yeah there's a lot of things that he i think it's like c-span or whatever even just like internet and youtube like government is, is is largely showing you its cards um as far as what's going on but uh saki's um girl bossness it's yes. it it is um it's addictive you know and uh <laughs> so myself and you know some of the left light community we 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 like if she's on you know i i will watch the full the full press conference and you know some days are better than others but the past few days have been pretty good
0: <laughs> yeah i think she's had a number of highlights over the last year but i think i think like really the the, the greatest example of the sort of saki attitude and kind of the The attitude, I mean, she's the face of the Joe Biden administration in many ways. So it's like, kind of the whole attitude of this kind of liberal elite class that that runs the Democratic Party came the other day, when you know, people are very obviously and very rightfully frustrated with their, you know, seeming inability to Actually, pass the agenda that they campaigned on. Whether it comes to the whole Build Back Better a framework, whatever you want to call it, which just seems to be completely dead now. Uh, a few weeks ago, when they kind of abandoned doing the Build Back Better thing, they said, "Okay, now we're going to transition from that to the voting rights. Now we're going to we're going to focus on another thing that we're also <laughs> yeah. not going to do." Yeah. And um, there was kind of a half-assed effort to suggest that they wanted to change the Senate rules to pass this, which of course did not happen. So that also seems to be completely dead at this point. Yeah, and. Saki, this was not during a press conference, but during an interview with The View, gave this quote about like, well, how, you know, it didn't get done, but we can take the weekend, feel your feelings, go have a margarita, go to kickboxing class or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. take, take the moment, take the weekend, the Monday we're back at work, you know, and it's just like, it's really the ultimate, the ultimate example of the Saki girl boss quote right it's really and just it sums up kind of so much about this administration and their approach to doing politics
2: yeah which is that this is very much a job you know if you're frustrated at work and you have the means to like go to a gym and sweat it out you know and some of this is like don't do that now right like like don't don't go to the gym and like work out with a bunch of people now but like before covid you could, oh, hey, you're just going to go work off the stress because to the most powerful people in, you know, in the world in some cases, this they, they, there's no, you know, like reality to the issues and the policies that they, you know, uh, they dictate. It's just a job. And sometimes you get frustrated and you just need to sweat it out, maybe go talk to some friends, go out, you know, have a margarita. And, and then, you know, back to, Monday comes and you're back to it um you know they don't feel that the fact (laughs) the fact that we're back at a height of covid you know and deaths are you know at two thousand people a day and peak hospitalizations again you know like that it doesn't it doesn't matter right because gonna have the margarita gonna go to kickboxing and you know yeah yes queen it back on monday
1: (laughs) yeah the comment who is that for i mean i guess like the view audience might eat that up some of them and some of them did but yeah, Of course they did. Like, yeah, I saw shit like, can we get a Jen Saki Funko Pop? Which I thought yeah. was just a great, like, encapsulation. There's a uh, whole, like, of,
0: fandom that's emerged over and over. The yeah, of
1: how people, were like, relate to her. And it's, like, these, like, press secretaries and comps people for the presidents, like, their job is to, like, lie and spin for the most powerful person, one of the most powerful people in the world. And it was just, like, there's just this collective amnesia around her role and like that type of work uh you know juxtaposed with how liberals reacted to the litany of trump press secretaries over the past four years where it's like everything they said was an attack on the free press and it's it's orwellian and dystopian and chilling and all these different things the the attacks on reporters are threats to free speech and like this is somebody who like a couple of weeks ago mocked a reporter for asking if, you know, they would consider uh, a test a, a covid testing plan, like rolling yeah. that out to give everyone tests and she mocked it before they ultimately did it because that makes
0: sense. Oh, why do so we give everyone like, like a unicorn or whatever? And it's like well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just asking you to and do your basic job, but okay,
1: yeah. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> these types of things are so bizarre. Um that they like I, I don't know it's, it's again, it's reflective of like the the like the to me the lies and spin that a press secretary engages in is like part of their work and people just like lap it up uh, I I I, un- I don't understand how we're like valorizing this person
2: I yeah well I don't I don't necessarily understand it. I feel like there's a few things that we can point to that led to this moment um, because you take like the Obama like speechwriter guys, you know and they're now like podcast conglomerate um yeah and and they're now like like kind of like like political like 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 lib trendsetters you know and and that's things like really it's like if you listen to that stuff you know the pod save stuff you you can immediately <laughs> just understand a lot of like the talking points that you know people will a- immediately adhere to um and then, and also, too, is like when you come to Trump and you've got each of his press secretaries just being so grandiose and fantastic, horribly horrible people in their own individual and special ways. Um, yeah, now it rolls into Saki, um, you know, the circle back thing, which, you know, I, I play into a little bit as well. But, you know, everyone now, right? Because it's like you've got the same people for Fauci, you saw the same just sick adoration for cuomo um you know it's just like there's this now you know like the 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 fan club is attaching to almost any and all uh political officials and even yeah like the spokespersons spokespeople as well um which yeah yes i don't i i I don't understand it but here we are (laughs) one thing that i
0: find kind of interesting is the way that like You know, the way that the Democratic Party asks people to kind of engage with politics, which is through voting, right? If you don't like it, vote. That's that's the common refrain that we hear from all across the Democratic Party. Barack Obama famously kind of says this a lot. Oh, don't boo vote. So then people do that. They don't really want people engaging in like this kind of sustained activism. And usually when they do, they see that as being like a thing that that an albatross that hangs around their neck and they try to distance themselves from it as much as possible or try to appease the activist without actually doing anything to actually respond to what the activists are asking for. They really just want people to vote for the Democratic Party uh, every two years and then just go home and like let the the professionals are back in charge. The adults are back in the room. You voted. We you did your job. You did it. You put us back in charge now. Just go home and let us do our jobs. But then when it comes to like them completely failing to actually do anything that people voted for them to do, then she goes on The View and it's described as this kind of collective thing. Well, we all need to suck it up and get back to work on Monday, right? We yeah. all just need to get back. And it's like, but no, you're the ones that are supposed to be doing this shit.
2: They're doing, you're the she, ones that they voted for you. It's they it's voted the work, blue. It's the work of saying. Yeah. are doing the work of saying.
1: Yeah, but exactly. We saw that from Paul Begala, uh, yeah, who yeah, yeah, on, on CNN like well, last yeah. week or the week before said the democratic party has a problem with their like base it's like it's basically like it's your it's everyone else's fault none of this stuff is getting passed because you didn't like raise awareness about voting hard enough or something like there's like it's it's not a problem of the democrats failing to these to these people it's that they're being failed and you know there have been calls in 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 op-eds and among the pundit class that like we need to just let the experts and the elites have more control over the process because they're the ones who know best you get out of the way it's the progressives and the leftists who are making it difficult by their trip with their purity tests and xyz no i mean this is this is the whole the biden's whole case for being the nominee was he was going to be the guy unlike sanders who could reach across the aisle and get things done that yeah. was his whole case. And people ate it up. People bought into this narrative that, yeah, Bernie's just too far to the left. He's not going to be able to get anything done. And they asked Bernie, remember, we've talked about this before, how would you make the case if people don't want to pass your agenda? And he said, you would basically use the bully pulpit and go to these states where people were in the way, uh, being obstructionists, and use the bully pulpit in their states, in their own backyard, to get to d- drive popular support for these types of things. Because that's how you're going to get members of Congress on your side when you scare them with their voters. And Biden, like people, you know, somewhat rejected that that premise. Biden was the guy who insisted he already could do it. He was already the guy who because he had all this experience. He's made all these deals with Republicans. And then he gets in, obviously cannot do it because in what world is Republican going to cooperate with you? And then at a press conference this week or last week, expressed surprise that that's happening. Dude, where have you fucking been? Like that when Obama got elected, there's this like famous meeting among Eric Cantor, uh, John Boehner, uh, Mitch McConnell, several other top Republicans at the time at the at the, restu- the restaurant Tortilla Coast, right outside the Capitol. And they said, we're gonna make Obama a one-term president. Nothing gets our support. This is how they have been since when you were vice president and
0: really even before that. Yeah, like in what world are yeah, they going to suddenly like, change? I did not anticipate. Yeah, yeah, I did not anticipate that they would o- their only <laughs> agenda would be to stop the president. It's like I'm literally a dumb asshole, and I anticipated it. <laughs> I'm not even American.
2: Yeah, I well, anticipated it. And being on Why the other, side, you're the vice
0: president, sir. What's the matter with you? Come on, Joe.
2: But Jesus. also being on the other side of the Trump presidency, like did politics get better? You know, like did politics get yes, like more or less partisan in the time? You know if you can just think back real hard joe and remember um how did things change between then and now you know because when obama came in there were groups of americans marching around you know with uh like little stuffed obamas that hanging from a noose that's that's yeah. how that administration started then there was trump afterwards they storm into the fucking Capitol. <laughs> you know like where have you been
0: yeah yeah well, then infamous that's another kind of infamous quote during the during the sort of primary what he would say well the fever is going to break mac the fever is going to break and they're going to go back to being uh they're going to support uh, they're going to support me in trying to like pass bipartisan common sense bipartisan solution and it's just like what fucking planet do you live on that you actually think that it's really amazing
2: you have yeah it is like you look at the uh officials that have been censured by their party at least state and you've got kirsten cinema just recently and liz cheney now why was liz cheney uh censured and i think yeah then booted from the uh republican party because she supported the january 6th commission and was willing to be on it like we're not living in that in that world and like yeah. that is like joe biden he, he he hasn't lived in that world since he became vice president
0: not not even before I mean you can trace this kind of politics in the Republican Party all the way back to like Newt Gingrich and shit like in the early 90s like oh yeah it's but been I mean, like they, this, it's this been like this for they were able to get the years. like
2: crime the crime bill you know yeah. he was you know some of the things as far as like the the Iraq war I mean that's something that Joe Biden wanted when Clinton was you know so when it came to Bush politics you know he was he there's some things where yeah things that Joe Biden wanted he was able to get
0: um Something else that I find kinda of interesting as well is the way that they frame like when Saki comes out there and says, like, Oh, you want tests for the D- the deadly pandemic just dis- destroying millions of people's lives. Oh, you want tests like as just this basic thing that people are asking for and framing it as like this fantasy unicorns or whatever. And I remember like when Hillary Clinton wrote her book about the 2016 pr- primary and the 2015 16 primary against Bernie, that's how she framed Bernie promising to like give people health care and stuff, being like, Oh, if you were promising people puppies and rainbows and stuff like that, the way that they talk about like basic necessities for people to to live, you know, rather than like people supported Bernie because he's literally promising to try and help them, you know, get health care that's going to immeasurably improve their lives. People are suffocating under all this medical debt. Um, and it's just like the idea that we can do our basic job as a politician to like improve people's material conditions is slightly it's framed by these like out of touch elites in the Democratic Party as being this like fantasy world puppy and rainbow and unicorn thing and then they turn around and wonder like why does everyone hate us it must be because of like russian disinformation or something it's just completely perplexing that people would like see us react this way to them asking us to do our basic jobs to help them and help improve their lives slightly um and then to turn around and not like us when we just like yeah you know throw that in their face it's like it's amazing how out of touch they are and you know?
2: the, there's the difficult thing with that too is that I feel there. The one positive note is that her, you know, saying <laughs> or her laughing at just, you know, common sense government help in, you know, two years into a pandemic, um, it, I mean, it did get them doing something, obviously yeah. not enough. You know, it's like four tests for every household, pretty much no matter what. I mean, in some cases, you have these apartment complexes where the addresses aren't updated, and so you could have two, three, who knows how many um, apartments, and only four tests for all of them. Um, and also, in how things are even designed, is that two tests per, per person. Um, so really, if you have more than two people in the household, you're <laughs> you're kind of short. Um, yeah. So even with that. Outcry that you know occurred from that you know like what they're even willing to do is I uh, I mean that I guess that's an effort but like wow you well yeah you
0: know, and this is te- COVID test too but this is after they've already like cut off all the employment benefits all the childcare stuff with they which they had talked about like. Oh, this is a cut childhood poverty in half and stuff like that. There's, all that's gone. All the stimulus is gone. Yes, there's no actual like moneta- financial or monetary help to do anything. It's like, oh yeah, here's a couple of tests for the plebs. Maybe we'll get you sent to some N 95 masks. And just go back to work, you know. And then yeah. they're like, why is our we poll our poll number is just really bad right now? It must be because our our uh, our delusional supporters are just not not forgiving enough of this stuff. It must be they're they're the problem, you know. Not nobody
1: us. voted this week they yeah, they they didn't vote That's this week. Issue. I mean, they didn't stay in line. They were warned. Just if you're in line to vote, stay in line. Yeah. I just it's 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 a totally out of touch like chaotic administration. Chaotic in a much different way than Trump's. But it is just they are, you know, they're really scrambling to do anything, get anything accomplished, do something. And there's like, you know, a huge <laughs> slam dunk. Free, just wide open lane. And canceling student debt, and they don't want to do that because yep. you know that kind of that that burden on people uh, keeps them reliant on whatever shitty job they might have, uh, which you know appeases a, a, a wide swath of their donors and elite supporters with like you know like the, the kind of the wealthy uh, elite class. Uh, it it certainly funnels people into the military and the military industrial complex. You know, there's a wide range of issues, uh, or there's a there's you know there's a wide range of of reasons why they won't do that. But if they were to do that, it would, you know, free up what is nearly two trillion in debt and basically remove a huge burden, a huge financial burden from tens of millions of people. And that they won't do that shows just how beholden they are to the elite class, which is just really frustrating and they they are coming down to the wire here to try to get anything done because it doesn't look like they're going to get reconciliation through if mansion and cinema wouldn't uh, support the rules for voting rights they're not going to do it for this they don't really support seem to support the package they couldn't get voting rights done they probably aren't going to get reconciliation done and they just are, you know they're now staring at primary season, where no one's really going to focus on what's happening in Congress because they all, all the House needs to run for re-election, and a third of the Senate is up for re-election. So they're looking home, well, they're looking to fundraise, and they're looking to run re-election campaigns. The, the window of opportunity is very, very slim. There's going to be something in the summer, so the next few weeks they're going to have another financial squabble over uh, the deficit or, you know, continuing resolution, shutdown type thing. And then it's going to be primary season, and then maybe in the summer before recess they might get something done, and then it's the general for midterms. After that, I mean, history has, you know, not been kind to the party in control after a presidential election year in in the in the, in the next midterm election. If history repeats itself, Biden is at best a lame duck president. So, uh, not at best, sorry, at best would be keeping power, but like, there's a good chance he's a lame duck president uh for at least the next two years so i i, I don't know i don't know what they're going to do and they're just kind of scrambling i don't have high hopes uh for them but they they need
0: to do something because what else are they going to run on well I, I did see joe biden saying today well we passed this bipartisan infrastructure deal and we're removing weight limits on bridges yeah <laughs> like, all my homies you're removing, sorry you're removing uh what you want is that actually because that doesn't sound that great to me but that's going to fix the supply chain issues i guess good thing good thing america's infrastructure is really in good shape bridges and, and famously as well yeah and so and that should is, be a good that should be really great so good job on that this
2: one. is like one of the just like absolutely silly, silliest things and is because yes americans like nice stuff you know they like bridges that aren't falling apart they like you know apartment buildings that won't fall on top of them okay we some we like those creature comforts what we hate is construction and and that's like i don't know how much this is actually going to affect but like literally it's like at this point you you only delivered something for contractors pockets you know uh yeah. whatever projects that are going to get done at most is going to be an annoyance by voting time you know it's just going to be a bunch of construction and close down shit. um you, you he could do he he could have done things. He can still do things, you know. Like student loan debt is one thing. I mean, hell, like the rescheduling uh, cannabis is another thing that he could just do a snap of his fingers and 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 really change the viewpoint that a lot of people have of Joe Biden. Um, and it, you know, there's just no, there's no recollection, you know, no uh, no recollection of that, you know, and. Um, and, yeah, it's just that the Democratic Party, they, they're out of touch completely. And that's where it's like there's the Republicans are, are a lot more dangerous is because they're actually in touch with what their base is saying and doing. They don't necessarily have to deliver on those wants and needs. They just have to, I guess, give the an illusion, right, that whatever they are doing is somehow tied to those problems. And, yeah, you can't do that in the Democrats by laughing at – Tests for, you know, being delivered.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, in case anyone's listening to this and they're kind of like a Democratic Party partisan or something, I know we have a lot of these people in our listener base that listen to this show. They just love the Democratic Party and everything they do. In case they think we're all negative, Joe Biden did do something today that was quite cool, which I don't think they can really run on, but when he called Peter Ducci a stupid <laughs> son of a bitch yes. at a press
2: conference... I, it, this that was is, cool. He, that's when he became my president. Yeah. Um, which <laughs> i happy support that to announce um, I'm coming out of retirement. Um, I'm willing to serve in the military for <laughs> a president that's willing to call Ducey a son of a bitch.
0: Yeah. I'm going to deploy to Crimea. <laughs> <laughs> he
1: can't wait. It's, it's honestly the funniest thing he, he's ever done. Like, yeah. this is the thing. Like, Ducey was trying to get biden to talk about inflation just so they had a sound clip so fox fox's story could be biden's inflation troubles you know continue to fester and like they can make a new cycle out of that right because the market's like super down today it's like one one of the worst months since the beginning of the pandemic and you know on a macro level, it's it's pretty bad, and they've been pushing the inflation narrative for a couple months now. Despite that, very obviously being corporate greed, like corporate greed is driving yeah. up prices. It's yeah. not really, and then also there's like a lot of like a lot of like millionaires and billionaires are worried about Fed rate Fed rate hikes because now for like the first time in like a decade, they might not be able to basically get free. Uh, money or like interest tree money. So, so it's basically
0: like like a low key capital strike, which is causing this, like, quote unquote inflation. Yeah, Uh,
1: yeah, that's what they're upset about. And they just wanted a sound clip. So he yells, he yelled, uh, uh, out as they were like uh, from the gaggle as they were getting shooed away, uh, Uh, is 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 inflation going to be a political asset in the midterm obviously a ludicrous premise but he just wanted biden to talk about inflation and he was like you know he said like a massive a massive asset yeah give me a break he's like this stupid son of a bitch or something like that which is Fucking hilarious, yeah. and I just like now all the right wingers who didn't really give a shit about anything Trump did for four years are like, this is so r- this is a you know attack on the First Amendment, and like I think some of them are just kind of mocking how liberals were when Trump would insult reporters, yeah, but this is, objectively is somewhat fake. funny,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, totally. They were like, yeah. you know, they were sensational and hysterical for four years. Like this is, I'm,
2: this is I'm very funny. I'm upset about it because it's uncouth and beneath the office of the president. Yeah, that's it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the famously very dignified office where all kinds of wonderful, honor honorable things have been have been passed down to the American people and to people around the world. Um, No, it was funny though. It's like, and nothing like, like Peter Ducey is a stupid son of a bitch. Like, and nothing says more, (laughs) nothing says more about America's (laughs) like fucking pathetic, nepotistic, swamp like media culture that the fact that Peter Duce even has a job in the first place this fucking fail son loser who's like in this like important position in Fox News pre- exactly because of who his dad is um, just totally spits in the face that like anything in the media or anything else in America the, the corporate world is part of some kind of meritocracy it's not based entirely around nepotism and like who you know um, the fact that he even has a job in the first place so yeah that was actually very funny when Biden did that I would like to see more of that from Joe Biden yeah um, um, and less of all the bad stuff that we spent the first thirty minutes talking about. I would if he if he kept calling Peter Ducey a stupid son of a bitch, I would at least begrudgingly accept that he was like. There's a few been a few successes in this in this you know oh, this administration.
2: I mean, watching Peter Ducey ask questions about like Hunter Biden's art career is one of the most infuriating things. Yeah. That that you can watch. Um. And I, <laughs> there's there's a few things that Joe Biden can do that is like actually like. Oh, this is just real Joe Biden that I'd actually enjoy, um, and this is this is definitely one of them. Let's go, let's go, let's go, Brandon. Like, do that, do yeah. we use it now? Unironically, yeah. Do we say it? Yeah. Now you got <laughs> okay.
0: Sometimes he gets it right. Listen, oh, it's yeah. not been it's not been ideal. Sometimes he gets it right.
1: Wait, have you seen that cringy like resistance group Midas Touch? Their "Let's Go Brandon" ad. They, I like, ran not. it on Fox. <sighs> it's like this it's like (laughs) they spell out brandon and turn it into an acronym and it's like broadband reliable infrastructure i can't remember like america i don't i don't fucking remember what it spelled out but it's like and then everything after every letter they'd have this like cringy cheer let's go brandon and then like a really poorly clipped soundbite of biden saying something like roads bridge it's dude it's awful it's so awful uh oh, but boy. they're trying to like reclaim it like let's go brandon is our term and they're trying to reclaim it and and they're now running ads on fox like, let's go brand pro this Biden. Let's re- go brand the Nets.
0: This is going to really, I think, this is going to be a game changer. This is yeah, This is what, like, what the what
1: independents a- have been waiting for. <laughs> yeah, a sign exactly. that the Democrats care about.
2: Like, and this is just w- this is what you get when you only listen to like these think tank DC uh like insiders, consultant people types, in the, like yeah. consultant types, yeah, who've just been like getting high off their own farts for decades now and this is like what they can produce is like yeah what if we try and reclaim you know like no what if you did things for people what if you <laughs> you didn't pay attention at all to the dumb fuckery that goes on and you just helped people what if you did that
0: yeah crazy it's a crazy idea I and mean, maybe eventually someone's going to try this I mean we've talked about this for the last year like that was that was the real central like question is whether they were going to actually learn this basic lesson that, like, in order to not lose elections people have voted for us. Now, they've given us this political power on we've promised to do all kinds of stuff with it. So we have to deliver on that stuff, or we have to at least look like we're trying to do that. Um, And I thought maybe they just basically understood this lesson. Like, I don't think that that Joe Biden or anyone else in like the elite power structure of the Democratic Party, like, has had this big change of heart about like, what, you know, whether these big spending programs are good or bad. I thought they might just get the basic idea, though, in order to not lose, we just have to do this. Um, and it, it's like, I, I was almost willing to entertain the idea that they were going to figure this out, uh, for the first couple of months. And it's just been this like slow process just being, like, Oh no, no, it's the, they're committing all the exact same mistakes. They're going to get crushed again. Like we talked a couple weeks ago, but like when we were talking with Ken about how like the guys, you know, that work for the democratic party in DC, they're all like planning to get new jobs in two years. Cause they all know exactly what's going to happen. Um, and that's the thing when it comes to like buying uh, mansion and cinema and that, um, it would be more understandable if they were being blocked by their own party, despite all the shit that Biden said about getting, making deals with the Republicans. He can't even get you know, his own party on board with his own agenda. But like, if he was actually going out there, like we've talked about a couple of times now, if he was actually going out there and saying like, Joe Manchin, what are you doing? Like actually putting pressure on them, actually saying their names, actually like doing anything to put pressure on the people in his own party that are saying no. To his it's, own agenda. Yeah. But he just has not done that at any point. He's, In fact, like when the other day in that uh, that press conference uh, a couple days ago, he, the one he's, the one person he named dropped the most was Bernie Sanders, to say the guy who's been out there fighting yeah. for his agenda the most. He's like, hey, I'm not a radical socialist like Bernie Sanders. Well, he's more th- willing to throw him under the bus than fucking Joe Manchin.
2: Yes. And the thing is, too, it's like, who does he actually mention? And even like going back to the when he went to Georgia um and had that very stern speech that like literally all these republicans were like up in arms crying about the next day yeah he never like he won't say they like they won't say Trump's name right he's like you know you can't say Voldemort Trump, you know yeah. right yeah you're like Vol, well, yeah that guy <laughs> and i guess that kind of
0: it's not a good analogy when you said the name that you are not supposed to say you said it exactly but you know they exactly
2: they're not allowed to say Trump um but you know at one of these press conferences he talks about how mitch mcconnell him and mitch mcconnell are friends and like i don't i don't know what type of friends you know y'all keep if i yeah. had a friend that was like was just hell bent on like ruining my life <laughs> that's a I toxic friend i yeah you know what i'm saying <laughs> like that's that's not something that i would you know i wouldn't i wouldn't that would, that's a you know a friend you know yeah. um but then Oh, hey, you know, we'll talk about Mitch McConnell in the light, in a good light, saying, oh, hey, he's this, oh, look, my friend, look at the bipartisan infrastructure deal. Look at all these fucking good things. Bernie Sanders, even though everything that Bernie, like, it's really not about Bernie. It's one of the issues that little Bernie has been going around the country um, and, and supporting. The, pop, the, the popular issues, you, you're just kind of openly saying, I'm not for that, right? But doing <laughs> yeah. it in an acceptable way by pointing out bernie sanders and saying listen i'm not bernie sanders and you know hey it'll rile up the k-hive because i was like wondering I was like man like seeing all this like k-hive madness about bernie again and it was just like oh it was because joe biden had to say some shit." and i mean when you take it look at look at the past year who have been the members of congress that have actually been going out in public and supporting joe biden's agenda and it's been Bernie Sanders, Pram- Pramila Jayapal, Rashida Tlaib, AOC, right, Ilhan Omar, they're like literally going out there and utilizing their political will, trying to get these bills passed. And A, there's no love from them, from the Biden administration, and at any point in chance that they can take a shot, Biden will absolutely take one at Bernie.
1: Yeah, and it just shows the animus they have toward progressives in Congress. The, the solution... To their problem, not being able to get these things passed, are to make Mansion and Cinema irrelevant, right? And they don't want to do that. These, I mean, Cinema was like handpicked by the D, like the D Triple C or DNC uh, over Gallego, who would have been more supportive. Um, Mansion is a much trickier situation because uh, you're, you know, they certainly wouldn't support a progressive challenger in there, though. But even in the House, when they were facing opposition. Uh, over reconciliation in the house. Two, the two people who led that charge were Josh Gottheimer and Henry Cuellar. And Josh Gottheimer was loud in his uh, opposition to it and like menacing. And this is something Ryan Grimm has covered for like years the, this curious case of Josh Gottheimer because he's like a hothead, he's uncooperative, he's non collegial, he's aggressive, all these types of things, right? And he was trying to chip away reconciliation and just pass infrastructure. When the deal up until Democrats passed infrastructure and gave away their leverage was one for the other, right? Because you had you kind of had people in a bind, like a lot of Republicans wanted infrastructure. And uh, Gottheimer is, is trying to stall and block or just get an infrastructure through, just to you know, implode the deal. And this is somebody who any reasonable observer or reasonable person would say, "Well, oh, this person is just in the way. But he's not going to face any backlash from the, the party uh, leadership because he also is working with party leadership on a PAC, Team Blue PAC, to protect Democratic incumbents from progressive primary challengers. So he's bringing in money to help them protect their jobs from outside challengers, namely Justice Democrats. And Henry Cuellar is somebody who voted with Trump set up to seventy percent of the time, sixty nine percent specifically, in the most. first two terms of the, yes, thank you, uh, of of Trump's presidency. We you know when Don't he had, heard that name in the news over the past, oh, I am getting there. I remember trying <laughs> to remember where. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So he's somebody who voted with Trump sixty nine percent of the time in the first two years when Trump was able to do the most inflict the most possible damage because he had complete control of the government. Cuellar just voting with him left and right. This is a guy who is a super conservative Democrat. He's basically a Republican. And when he was facing a tough primary in 2020 huh. against Jessica Cisneros, a Justice Democrat, I mean, it was within a couple points. Pelosi flies down there, fundraises and campaigns for him at the waning in the waning days of the election. So we got to get him over the finish line. He's going to bring it home. And this is, you know, Nancy Pelosi he's like, I always support women right well except in this case (laughs) yeah so this is a guy he showed you who he was when trump was in power and you still go down and you campaign for him and fundraise for him and then he turns around and tries to block like the signature piece of biden's agenda so he's running again jessica cisneros is running again and this week steny hoyer and i'm sure pelosi will as well steny hoyer publicly endorses henry cuellar in his reelection campaign. He just stood in the way of build back better. And then you have like the second in command in the house endorsing him on the same day, his house and campaign office is raided by the FBI for what looks like him basically being uh, a a paid, you know, lobbyist uh, for like Azerbaijan. And, And there's like, there's probably a bunch of like oil money and like lobbying money that he's being paid under the table. Uh, uh, ryan grimm and lee fang and the intercept have a great story about what this probably is about because it's still not confirmed but like that's almost certainly why the same day all the, his his office and his house gets raided by the fbi steny hoyer <laughs> endorses this guy who just stood in the way of biden's signature uh legislative uh, piece of his agenda yeah. so like these are the, the way around this is to get these people out of the way but they won't do it because they hate progressives and leftists more than they want to get these things through
2: uh jordan i'm a little disappointed in you um in this country you believe that innocent until proven guilty and so <laughs> to i didn't say
1: he was guilty i just said he was raided which <laughs> no. is true
2: yeah no yes yeah which like and I, that's the thing it's like um my first my first impression before like any as soon as like, I heard I was like, ooh, campaign finance. You know, that was uh mm-hmm. something I was like thinking about. Um but um yeah, either way, like that's that's like you're one hundred percent on, right? Is that um when it comes to Democrats that are literally stopping the party line when it comes to Republicans, these are friends, these are colleagues, these are pals, these are chums, come on to the yacht, let's have some I don't know charcuterie boards or something I, like whatever they
0: caviar. Eat. I don't know. Yes,
2: yeah, yeah something yeah. like fancy. Um yeah. And um, but for people who are just trying to help working class people, you know, like it's 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 just it's 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 really it's it's not that bad, you know. Like like there's no it's 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 okay. It's nice actually, you know. Like like pe- getting people out of poverty. That's that's a good thing. right it's something to be happy about um there used to be
0: something that in the democratic party was like a very like a not a controversial thing to want to do yeah
2: yeah but not in um, my
0: living memory personally but at some point in the past this is like one of their priorities yeah yeah. uh
2: but that's you, you know at this point it's like there's an internal battle within the democratic party over officials trading stock you know like this yeah this is what's happening and at this point too it's like if you actually if you could just look at the Republican Party in a silo, you would you would think that this is the party that's just getting smacked around by their political opponents, right? Because this is a party that's like literally at at odds with itself. Yet, yeah, what is going to happen in the midterm?
0: Yeah, no, but the, that's the thing. All the ways of outlining to it, it's really a great party though, and I'm really, it's going to be really. I think people are going to be really motivated to wait in line to vote for this party when they're told the next couple of months this is the most important election of your lifetimes you have to prevent the terrible republicans from taking over people are going to be so motivated to get out there when like this is the fucking contempt that they have for anyone that like remotely questions whether they can possibly uh start trying to help a few uh, the few odd people um and that's that's i think something interesting as well is that they've they've set up this kind of argument now where like republicans have and conservatives in america have kind of taken this turn of like trying to disenfranchise people trying to limit people's ability to vote they are indeed taking these steps to do this Um, but when it comes down to like the midterms that's not going to be the reason why the Democrats lose it's going to be because they didn't do anything because they did all the things that we've very like meticulously outlined over the course of this conversation but it's going to lead to this endless cycle now where they're never going to blame they're never going to actually look in the mirror and accept responsibility for this it's always it's going to be because of like the Republicans autocratic turn towards like disenfranchising people they're going to blame this on the reason they don't win elections anymore um, and not actually say, like, perhaps we should have, like, passed the our own agenda that we campaigned on and not supported uh, members of our own party that explicitly, like, did not allow us to do this. But they'll never make this connection.
2: You know, three people said defund the police. And even though yeah, they gave the police millions upon millions of dollars— <laughs> that's the it's reason. their fault that's It's the, their fault
0: that's it it's the entitled Bernie bros again it's gonna be again the same fucking thing the same thing yeah um blaming the left
2: well there was already questions of like oh has Biden gone too far to the left that's why he's unpopular <laughs> and it's like no it's the same reason honestly it's it's a like very similar reason why Trump lost maybe Americans don't like seeing their friends and family members die at yeah that, you know, at, at an extremely alarming rate from a preventable illness that they're just literally to your face laughing when you ask for help. It's a hard sell.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's ultimately, like, I think what it comes down to as well when it comes down to that whole, like, this is going to be the most progressive administration since FDR and all this stuff. I really think that they, like, wanted the credit for just proposing big things because they did propose some pretty big things in that build back better the work of saying yeah they want credit
2: for the work of saying
0: that's it yeah (laughs) they want credit for just proposing the stuff but like the idea to ever actually like pushed or fight to actually pass these things that they talk about has completely been taken off the table from fucking day one, but they still want that credit for being like, well, we said we were going to do those things. Like, yeah, the work of saying, like you're saying, we proposed the things. Isn't that enough? Yeah. But for people that are fucking literally like struggling to keep their heads above water, people who have lost family members to COVID or to drug addiction or to mass incarceration or anything, it's like, no, that's not going to be enough. That's not going to be enough to convince these people to go and stand in line again and vote vote their asses off again for the fucking democratic party like people are just gonna give up and it's like I don't really blame them
2: yeah and with less uh favorable conditions for voting you know this is the one of the big things is that while it is extremely difficult and they like the government has made it like very hard to vote in the United States this the, the 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 past general election was one of the easier times people could vote in the U.S. If this goes away, you know, like that, there's a lot of people who are able to vote very easily that just will not do any of the waiting. They just will not do any of any of the bullshit that they are now counting on, right? Because, like, hey, that's the point that Saki was trying to make: was go have a margarita, take your big ne- kickboxing class, because you're needing to prepare yourself for some harsh voting conditions. <laughs> and we're not going to do anything to help. Yeah steal your body americans <laughs> voting season's coming up
0: Ugh. um i guess marcus i mean we touched on this before we touched on this like a couple a while back talking about um you de- de- deploying to donbass because you're so motivated by uh, by joe joe biden's <laughs> new uh, new tough tough stance towards peter ducci um this is something that's been in the headlines a lot and I know you're you were in the military this is one thing that you could also focus on uh in terms of like America's like extremely brutal and and uh, belligerent foreign policy we're seeing a lot of stories in the news right now about this this the possibility of some kind of Russian invasion of Ukraine we did on the last episode of this show I think we did a bit of a, a dive into like the what that conflict is about And, uh, you know, the the sort of context of it that gets left out of Western media, which is framed where where this is framed entirely as this story about Russian belligerence and Russian aggression, which is not exactly lined up to the actual reality of the conditions um, in places like Donbass or or Crimea. Um, But I was just wondering, like, as you see this kind of like this this conflict start to dominate the headlines you see this kind of lust for war that we're seeing from these sort of people in the media like this is the thing they really get up for right um i was just wondering like what your thoughts were as you see this kind of the same conversation starting up again uh, when it comes to uh increased tension with russia increased conflict more sanctions the possibility of like military intervention as we know america and canada are like arming and funding these fascist militias in ukraine to fight in the civil war yeah A lot of bad shit going on. What are your What are your thoughts when it comes to this Russia Ukraine uh, conflict?
2: Um, Which I mean, like I think it's (laughs) um, pretty open. Like a lot of this is securing um, corporate interests, you know, Um, and some of that, like Biden said himself, and you know, going back to like this is this is why I watch them, you know, is because like they'll openly admit it. Um, Biden said that they're really not interested in. And actually, defending Ukrainian sovereignty. You know, if, if he said, if Russia wants it, they're going to take it. Our goal is to make Russia hurt. You know, when they do. And um, on the other side of that, if that you know current sanctions and and, and um, that even sanction policy, mostly largely driven for uh, you know, some of these like natural gas and oil interests and stuff like that. Um, And this is—it's difficult, really. You know, I'm sure you you both understand this. It's hard to like know all the ins and outs of any of these conflicts. Um, But I think what is more most important thing to know for progressives for leftists is that if United States intervention, especially military intervention, um, that is never going to end in a positive outcome for the working class people of whatever country. Uh, Um, Yeah. And so there's there's always got to be a different route. Um, I believe sanctions are just you know a a, a soft <laughs> warfare uh, tool. You know, it's, I, I feel like this is you know there's really no difference in blanket sanctions. You know, like I guess like personal people that that could be you know seen a different way. But um, no, at the end of the day, though, that, at what we what we're feeling right now or like the sens- like the, the tensions that are at now is something that the United. States, The U.S. loves any 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 government, you know, Democrat or Republican is is absolutely in love with a situation that points to the other end of the world where they can just sell hopefully as many weapons as they can. Uh, And, um, yeah, it completely drives the focus away from the lack of work that they're doing, um, you know, domestically, because today it's all questions. (laughs) Russia, Russia, Russia. That's that's what it's all about. Not. The record number of people dying from COVID again not the the, the record number of who people who are actually out of work and not the scam uh unemployment data that the government will massage and 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 build in, in a way that that doesn't really account for what's happening in in our, in our lives they talk about this lead, <laughs> lead lead you know like lead paint lead in the water initiatives this thing's going to be going over for like 10 10 years it's when they're saying they're gonna be done you got an issue in Red Hill, Hawaii, you know, there's, there's, this yeah. is, these are the things that we are now not talking about, not focusing on, um, so that they can not even, they can just fear monger into more weapon sales. And, uh, it is, it, I don't know. It's frustrating for me to be just like existing in this thing. That's like continuing to go on and on and on and on. Um, yeah.
0: I mean, one thing that was so amazing was because you would think that they could be using this as some kind of a distraction towards their like complete inability to pass their own agenda. But it's been it's been blowing up in Biden's face even because the other day he gave this completely mild statement, completely uncontroversial. He was like, well, we're not going to f- launch a full scale war if there's some kind of like minor conflict and with you, Russian and Ukraine and people just lost it. These fucking lunatics in American media just lost it at his, like this Russian appeasement thing. And like, it's absolutely deranged the way these media uh, folks have been completely hyping up this, this narrative and like, and basically inventing the idea that there's going to be some invasion from like uh, Russian invasion, totally whole cloth, because they've, like, moved around troops in their own country. Um, You know, the United States that has fucking military bases and troops all over the world, all over the place, who routinely invade countries and destabilize and sanction and and assassinate and uh and then for them to suggest that like you know there's some kind of like uh problem with the evil devious russians again because they've moved some troops around in their own country it's 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 sick these like fucking weirdos in the media took took biden's very mild statement about this and just like lost their minds over it and this is similar to the way that they lost their minds over his uh, correct decision to follow through on Trump's timeline with tr- pulling troops out of Afghanistan. Um, you know, this is the stuff that really upsets these people, not the yeah. not the COVID deaths and not all the other things. That we yeah, were
2: about. which it's and and the thing is too is like even with the, the the like they're 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 so upset with the the pull out of Afghanistan and what do they say? Oh, well think of the women and girls. Yeah. When it's now all, that's what it always is. Yeah. Now the, there's a uh, food shortage that. You know now they're like predicting like a million afghans are gonna die
0: which is a direct result of their sanctions yeah. as well
2: we, exactly yes <laughs> right like which is like, we're, we're like like we're not giving the resources that we used to give to that country and i there's you know there's nothing we don't you know like and even the way like what what is the part that they talk about oh how could you know like the 13 service members right 13 yeah. you got people sending out 13 subway sandwiches on picnic tables <laughs> you know yeah. like but you don't they, we, we we don't really address like the dozens of people who were slaughtered after that bombing. We we don't discuss still like uh, the, the the Pentagon, the U.S. government has done nothing for the family. The ten, you know the the, the, the the ten people that were killed. It's like seven kids. We've yeah. like literally done nothing for that family
0: nor was anyone actually held responsible for this like brutal war crime. Like we investigated ourselves and find that actually that we didn't do do anything wrong. Big mistake. Yeah. uh, Unfortunately, it was just
2: a whoopsies. Um, (laughs) and, and this is where too of that, you know, the best case scenario with whatever happens to Ukraine is that like, you know, things just naturally deescalate and the weapons that we sold them just rust somewhere in a, in, in, in a warehouse. Um, but that's not usually how these things turn out
0: i don't know, usually when america arms and funds like you know islamic militants and neo-nazis usually that turns out really well for them when they train them to like yeah. fight guys that they also don't like that definitely that's has all, not come that back works every time yeah
2: bite us in the ass extremely recently <laughs> no it did not
0: yeah well that's a pretty sorry state of affairs i gotta say
2: yeah. Well, I mean, this is a this is a tough road for the, you know, to be the best country in the world. You know? <laughs>
0: yes, we have to do. Yeah. Anyway, vote blue no matter who, definitely. <laughs> and the next election cycle is what I would encourage everyone to do.
2: And um, I will say, yeah. Well, and this is where, oh, hopefully I, 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 get, I get hopeful is that the things that we point to that are the Democratic Party failures, the trends that we'd hit on, in the mid, you know, like off elections, this this means that the primary fight is more winnable than it is in the general election. So this is this is where the insurgents into the Democratic Party, shout out insurgents squad, hell yeah, um, mm-hmm. another the professional squad. Oh <laughs> this is the insurgents into the Democratic Party. You will have a easier task than usual. Because of that depression in in voting across, just because of their failures, right? Um, so yeah, well, it is just a dismal outlook as of right now. Um, I think this is the time. Well, I, I don't know. Lean in. You know, like always lean in. Um, but I feel like at this point for this for these midterm elections, um, you can you can reap more reward because yeah, a lot of those vote blue no matter who people are just going to be too tired of the bullshit. Especially for the primary as well. So,
0: Yeah. Jordan, do you have a final thought you want to leave us? I'm depressed again.
1: Yeah, that's usually how it goes. Show.
0: I mean, it's Fuck. just time to
1: raise awareness about voting. That's it. Yeah. That's <laughs>
0: all, we have it's all we can do. That's all we can do. Well, Marcus, it was, it was great to talk to you, man. I'm, I'm happy you could come on the show finally. Yeah, It's good you could do
2: this. I, I appreciate uh, you having me on um, and, and, and making me feel so happy about my country.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is what I do. This is I'm, I'm. This is part of my actual foreign destabilization effort that I'm in, I'm engaged in.
1: <laughs>
2: just doing a great job. Yeah. Doing disinformation. That's exactly right.
0: That's yeah. Pro. Well, I mean, it just it 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 shows kind of the nefarious uh, sort of results of that endless. Russia bad narrative that kind of picked up around Trump. And then it's, it's allowed like this conflict to spiral out of control and it's allowed, it's given cover to people like in Canada and the United States to like arm and, and fund and train some very dangerous people and to like, and to really like engage in this, in this very destructive foreign policy and liberals just kind of swallow it up because Putin bad Russia bad and anyone that disagrees with this, I actually don't think it's good to arm neo-Nazis in Ukraine. Um, I think that's a bad thing to do. And it's like, well, why do you love Putin? This is just Putin, <laughs> Putin disinformation and stuff. It's like, well, great. Like we can't even have a fucking conversation about arming Nazis, which shouldn't be controversial, <laughs> should but Putin be. bad. So there, so I guess that's all, the only thing you can do. All you can do is arm the Nazis. And so great. That's, that's where we are with that. Um, just a final depressing note to,
1: to, to <laughs> out really have to drive it home.
0: Yeah, in case yeah. Anyone Marcus, was feeling
1: a, a Slight optimism.
0: Yeah, they might they might have got some some sunny rays might have snuck through there. We got to make sure that that's, <laughs> that's stamped not, out. Yeah, stamp that out. Marcus, where can people find the stream? Where can people find you? Uh, Plug so, your stuff.
2: Uh, left flank vets on uh, uh, on 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 the Bird app on Twitter, uh, Twitch TV slash Left flank vets. Um, and I think we got like a website too, you know. But if you go to those those two sites that I told you, you'll be able to get to our website where we have some merch, t shirts, silkies, shorts. The only Very thing nice. worth bringing from the military um, are, are a nice pair of silkies. And uh, yeah, sweet. Yeah, that's 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 the plug.
0: Well, thanks a lot, Marcus. Thank it's you. Great to talk to you. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, man. Cool, cool, cool. All right take care. Thank you for listening to The Insurgents. Please remember to subscribe over at theinsurgents.substack.com. Find the podcast on all your favorite podcast apps. And please remember to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's very helpful and we appreciate it a lot. But please, again, don't mention Ken Klippenstein in the review. He is banned from the show. It's a lifetime ban. So please do not mention him in the review. And we'll be back later this week with more of the content that you know and love. Goodbye.